Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Tech Trillion Podcast. I'm your host, Savan Davudian. And Freddie Davudian. We're very excited to be here today. It's our first episode, like I said, and the amount of excitement that we have is out of the roof. I said that twice because it's, it's, it's very it's real, exciting. You know, yeah. I've been, we've been uh, testing the equipment for uh, a couple of days now, and it's just, you know, uh, we've been playing around with it, but we call it testing. Yeah, but we've been playing with the toys. But Tech Trillion is uh, essentially a podcast for tech and business, okay? So that's mainly what you're going to be hearing more about, but we will be talking about whatever the hell you feel like talking Current about. Current events. Turn up news. Yeah. Um, maybe you know, new jump. ideas out there. Yeah. Pop culture even. You never know. But essentially, it's going to be about tech and business. And the reason why we're doing this is, uh, well, there are multiple reasons. The first one is we want to build a, a community for uh, tech people, mainly non-technical tech founders. But I'm sure a lot of technical tech founders. They'll benefit gonna, greatly. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about marketing. We're going to be talking about uh you know business management but not really uh how to's okay so we're not going to mm-hmm. talk about how to's of marketing for example we're not going to be telling you how to you know put together the best uh facebook ad campaign but we will talk about the psychology behind marketing and you know, so, what it, what it takes to be a tech entrepreneur whether you're from the non-tech side or from the tech side as in if you're a a technical founder of a company or a non-technical founder of a company, they both have their own challenges. And uh, both Freddie and I, we come from a, a non-technical um, background. We know we have a marketing background. We've helped a lot of companies with marketing and done a lot of consulting, and we still continue to do that. Um, and so there's a lot that we have to share that, that we feel like we need to share with uh, the, the tech community. And this podcast really, it's you know, it's going to help us uh, to to achieve that and to, you know, maybe even bring some people and uh, interview, you know, great minds out there. Oh, yeah, that's going to be one of the main things that we do, too. I mean, we're going to bring a lot of guests, interesting people from, uh, you know, successful tech companies or maybe even um, just business general uh, business people in general. And essentially what we want to do is we want to... This podcast is to give you insight. Okay, so we're going to be digging deep into successful tech companies or or just companies in general and dissect what they've done in the past, you know, the things that worked for them, what led them to success in the first place. Maybe if it's a, uh, you know, marketing uh, software, what was that first boom that took them mm-hmm. to, you know, being a startup yeah. from, from being a startup to stardom level, mm-hmm. right? So what took them from a startup to being a star, Okay. Well, in their respective field, of course, but basically, we're in this together with you, okay? So we're in tech. We have a, a tech company called Juris Case, which is a legal research database. And I mean, we're always on the lookout for uh, more information, for uh, insight that would help us, you know, build our company. And we started this this podcast not just to build a community and not just to build a network of uh, interesting people in in our in our field but also to learn more about what we can do to build our company right right so from marketing to business management to hiring to well you name it and also there's uh as co-ceos and co-founders of several companies you know you and i we normally talk a lot of ideas 
you know there's a lot That's of uh idea. pretty much all we do yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of exchange of great ideas and some of them are not so great and you know one person crushes the other person's ideas so um being able to really put that on record like actually record it and um having it archived in a sense for us you know for for our own benefit to be able to go back and see where you were say a year ago versus where you are now um that's also very helpful because then you can have a track record and see how much you have progressed how much you've learned and and grown as a as an entrepreneur not necessarily in uh in tech but in in general and i think as a person as a person yeah. and and as an entrepreneur i mean after all um it's the psychology of the person and the and the uh um the way of the, the the way that the individual thinks that makes them a great entrepreneur uh you know you got to have thick skin especially especially as a non-technical founder of a tech company you know you really got to have thick skin because there's going to be a lot of ups and downs you know it's it's a you got to get ready for the roller coaster ride basically it's a roller coaster ride every single day yeah <laughs> i mean some days it starts off with you know just you know crazy passion and uh <laughs> you're just you know up there with your just attitude you know, towards life and business in general and then two hours later Boom, you just, it just hits down. the floor yeah. <laughs> it's a it's like like a sugar crash yeah and then it's the other guy's got it uplift you a little bit and yeah, bring but, you back but, to but i mean normal for, yeah for you entrepreneurs out there you already know what that's like i mean i don't need to tell you uh being an entrepreneur especially in especially in tech there is no uh blueprint okay so be, first of all being an entrepreneur from you know just the most basic understanding of what an entrepreneur is it's a person that has no blueprint and is trying to find his or her way in the world of business. So if they have an idea, they come uh, to the world with that idea and well, they don't come to the world with that idea, but they come to the market with that idea and <laughs> they're not born with it. Oh, that's another thing. I don't think that entrepreneurs are born. I think entrepreneurs are constructed. You know there's, what I mean? There, that's, there's there are two sides to that. I mean, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that a, belongs a big, to that camp. Yeah, there's a big yeah. debate around whether or not an entrepreneur is born or if they're made. It's a wiring, I think. I think it's straight up just a wiring. So I don't think entrepreneurship is in a person's DNA. I don't think your DNA sure. contains uh, your career path. <laughs> you know what I mean? But your upbringing would have a lot to do with it. Well, so yeah, you got to factor that in. So, so you're, it's the wiring. So if your parents are entrepreneurs or if at least one of your parent uh, parents are on, is an entrepreneur, then chances are you would pick up on that uh that type of thinking, that that mindset, mm-hmm. right? But if none of your parents are if both your parents are uh just, you know, employees and that's all they know is, you know, go go to school, get a job and you know, just work for another company, yeah. then it's very hard to break away from that. And I think at that point, it's up to the person to really think about who he or she wants to become. Because at that point, you're kind of going against societal norms, right? Right, And your own norms. Yeah, your own norms. I mean, I personally, well, you and I both, we kind of come from that background. You know, we don't come from a business background as far as our families are concerned. We, um, we've, you know, taking the highway on that and and uh you know try to do it ourselves and and you know always been very fascinated with business always fascinated with the next big thing mm-hmm. um and more importantly always fascinated with 
what new value you could personally bring to the world of business. And so creativity has always been something that's been prominent in us, which led us to really explore the world of entrepreneurship and, and you know, explore different fields and eventually landing in, in tech, which was our... Uh, that's always uh, what we want. It's wanted. always been a dream, right? So a little uh, history about uh, me and Savan. Um, we started off in debt. Actually, you know what? Why don't you start that story? Because you started <laughs> off in collections first, and then I kind of joined later, and then we kind of teamed up and took on the world, mm-hmm. but go ahead. Yeah, well, let me go a little bit further back than that. So um, business, wow. I, I've always loved the world of business, right? I've always loved the idea of uh, being able to just, first of all, be my own boss, right? I can't work for someone just because during that time when I would, you know, I had like nine or 10 different jobs, right? I would just go job hopping because I can, I can enjoy any one of them. Uh, the only ones that I did enjoy were the ones that were involved in sales. And so again, this is, um, I'm, I'm taking it back, right? I want to give a little background on myself here, but, um, it, there came a point where I was like, you know what? I just want to have a business. And I remember my friend asked, um, you know, what type of business do you want to start? And I told him, I don't know. I just want to have an office where I can call my workplace and just do things. And so literally I ended up partnering up with uh, two of my closest friends, ended up getting a, uh, 220 square foot office and i had that same office too, <laughs> three years <laughs> later <laughs> so we ended up getting that and uh did a bunch of stuff you know sold a few items on ebay uh and then figured out that's really not gonna work oh hold so, on a second no, no. okay you got to get into detail here oh we want to go yeah. even further back than that no 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 okay no i'm not talking so about I, childhood so I, I can go back to pokemon cards selling pokemon cards i can go back to selling candy in high school <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't the one selling the candy. It was my employees. Yeah, <laughs> <selling> the candy. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll get into that later on because yeah, you, you got a huge markup on that thing, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, no, no. What I wanted to say is, okay, so you got the office. You had no product, no service, but you had neighbors in that building, and you I s- had partners, <laughs> and you had partners. But w- what you ended up selling was uh, the leasing and yeah, I was, auto I was sales, get, right? I was going to get into that. Oh, so, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got an office and in that in that office complex in that building complex there were a few other um businesses, right? They're still right there. Un- they're still there. Yeah. Right underneath our unit there was a car sales and leasing company and they're they're doing great. Like locally they're killing it. I I I see their license plates or the frames everywhere in town. And um right next door to us there was a uh, insurance company and we became friends with them and we figured you know what well i have nothing that i can bring to the table right now except sales like i i at the time i thought i knew sales enough you just had drive that's what it was yeah i just wanted right? i just wanted to get something done and uh i talked to the sales and leasing company and agreed that you know we we'll, would we'll, we would do a 50-50 split on every car deal that I bring to them and talk to the insurance guy right next door that, you know, every time I end up selling a car through, uh, the guys downstairs, <laughs> I would bring them over to you so that you can sell them insurance and I would get a cut off of that as well. So that ended up, that ended up working, believe it or not. And You're I a middleman for multiple companies. <laughs> I was a middleman for, 
for the businesses that were in that building. Yeah. Like there was no <laughs> business plan when I entered the world of business, right? I just got a place. This is while I was working for the city of Glendale, making literally nothing. And uh, we were just collecting money between us three business owners, you know, all us three partners, just paying the rent. And next thing you know, you know, it, it worked enough to the point where we realized we have learned enough to take it to the next level. And so we ended up doing um, something that would never have gone through my mind because at the time, my um, uh, my best friend's fiance at the time, now wife, uh, was working for a collection agency and we realized, you know what, that's that's pretty... Debt collections. Like a, yeah, debt collections. And it, it seemed like a very lucrative business idea. And so, you know, we dug into it. We learned as much as we could. And uh, within several months we ended up opening our own and moved to a different city in in Almani and uh yeah that from then on things took off uh, we ended up doing great closed a lot of great deals with uh, uh, a lot of companies and a lot of laboratory debt or medical laboratories long story short that's my background and then 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 I'll get into how I transitioned into marketing and consulting um and tech but that's when uh, you and I, I guess, joined forces um, in doing something in the uh, debt collections yeah, industry. So, so how that happened was uh, right out of high school. Uh, this is after Savon had moved out from that office. He got another office in El Monte, California. And I got out of high school and I had just this drive, I guess, a similar drive to get into mm-hmm. the world of business. I had nothing to sell. I had no skill. Right, no skill set. The only skill set that I had was just go after what you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's how I landed my first job with uh, a mortgage broker, which I'm—I mean, I'm still friends with him today. He—he um, <laughs> he placed an ad on Craigslist. Now, and this this during the time when this right after uh, the crash of uh, 2008 and. You couldn't find a there job no anywhere. Nothing. And if there were jobs, they would not give it to a 16, 17-year-old kid, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, just months after, I mean, months of searching for a job and sending resumes, going to interviews and just being rejected left and right, I found I came across this Craigslist ad who, uh, I mean, it was uh, the mortgage broker that had listed an ad and the guy wanted a telemarketer, someone to do phone sales, mm-hmm. right? And you hadn't done this ever? No, it's my first job. Well, first legit job. Yeah, you hadn't right? done telemarketing or sales. No, 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 no. no. I haven't. I hadn't done anything in the world of uh, like professional business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had like other. How old were you then? Like seventeen, I think. Okay, sixteen, seventeen. Um. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So <laughs> the ad said that the guy wants. I mean, a, a telemarketer that is bilingual that can speak English and Spanish. I'm like, you know what? I don't know Spanish, but I know English and I know that I can, you know, I can close if I want to, right? I had this this drive in me, this just confidence that was based on nothing. I mean, it was just inherently there. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. Maybe maybe I was just pissed off that I couldn't find a job. So <laughs> I reached out to him and uh Ralph, that's uh, his name. So I'm calling him out right now, but <laughs> But it's okay. You won't shout mind. Shout out to Ralph. Yeah, shout out to Ralph. Um, oh, yeah. So I reached out and he's like, uh, Fred, I'm I'm looking for 
uh, a telemarketer that can speak English and Spanish. I'm like, Ralph, listen, if you don't hire me today, okay, I guarantee you're going to lose money, okay? You're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. I, I told him straight up, this is, there's no bullshit. I told him and he, I mean, hopefully one day we can bring him as a guest and he'll confirm. I told him, let me come work for you for one day. If I don't make you money, you can let me go. And, and I'm just curious, what'd you base that off of? <laughs> like really that confidence, you never being in like professional business and never do you know what I sales. You know like, what I think you? it is? You know what I think it is? When you imagine yourself doing something or being good at something, in most cases that pans out. It happens, right? When you believe in something, because belief Absolutely. is, you know what I yeah. mean? Like hundred percent. I didn't have any experience in it, but I knew if I did the job, I would be really good at it. So anyway, so I went the first day, my first sales call, this is no bullshit. Okay. My first <laughs> sales call, I remember that. I closed the deal. Ralph made $7,000 from it that month. It closed within that month. That first and call, the first, first call, call ever. First call. I got like five leads that day. Wow. I was just calling around. I got five people interested, but the first call that I made from that list of leads ended up in a close. <laughs> And Ralph made seven thousand dollars. Anyway, so, so, uh, so was that luck or was that like reward for being so brave and um, dude, motivated? And you can call it, you can call it the law of attraction, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it was something that I kept thinking about, just like getting into this professional world of business and not just being an employee somewhere, you know, pushing carts at Vons or something, which I did by the way when I was like. 14 or 15 <laughs> for three days though so <laughs> didn't count that's the funny uh, story yeah so uh i mean we, you couldn't find a job anywhere so i had to make money somehow <laughs> three days three days yeah <laughs> it was enough i had enough so anyway so after that job i got uh i graduated from high school and i'm like you know what i want to enter uh, yeah i want to start my own business just like you mm -hmm. so uh i talked my cousin into you know partnering up with me and I had this idea of starting a billboard business so to construct or erect billboards in the street and just advertise other people's uh, services and products. Little did I, know, did I know that, you know, there were so many regulations and rules for that, that it was pretty much impossible to do. And it would cost a lot of money to do it if I wanted to, mm -hmm. right? So anyway, we're young and naive and we got the, the office we drove all around town and other cities looking for an office and we couldn't find one. And finally, one day, the, like one of the last, I think it was the last day of that week when we were hunting for an office, we we're just driving down Glendale Avenue and I noticed that same building where you were at, <laughs> where your office was at. The landlord had a, a big for lease sign with a you know, phone number right there. So we called him up and Dan the landlord said, oh, you know, I wish you guys called a day earlier, like a day before, because I have someone that called today and he's going to you know, stop by tomorrow and, you know, sign the lease. He's going to be my new tenant. And I was just so sad. I'm like, bro, I, like, I remember that office. Like, it's the perfect office for us. Yeah, it was. It really was. And I came home and I told you, I'm like, hey, could you call Dan and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, talk to him and, you know, convince him to give that office to me and not the, the other guy. And then uh, you called him and he said the same thing to you. He has someone coming in mm -hmm. the next day to sign yeah. the lease. And then the very, I was just so disappointed and so sad. And the next morning I woke up and you told me that Dan had called you and said that, hey, if your brother still wants that office, he can come in today and sign the lease. He called me? He called you. Oh. I don't have his number. I don't remember that part. I mean, I had his number, but I don't think he had my number. Like he probably lost it in the, okay. you know. Okay. 
And it saved my number is what I'm trying to say. So anyway, uh, he called in. You told me. I'm like, hell yeah. So I called up my cousin. Hey, we're going. We're going to go sign the lease. And, you know, it's ours. So whatever. So we went there and Dan told us, dude, you guys lucked out because the guy that was supposed to come in to sign the lease today, his dad had a heart attack. I'm like, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know if, if you got to be happy for that or, or no, I, I was super happy, bro. Like, I got the office. <laughs> I'm sad for the guy, but I was really happy. We went, we went, we signed the lease. And both of us, uh, we signed the lease and we were walking out of the building. Uh, and then I'm like, Dan, by the way, how much is the rent? <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> ask for the price. Dumbfounded. <laughs> no, he was laughing at us. Uh, uh, but it was actually cheaper than what you were paying. I think you were paying like 550 bucks. 575. You were paying like 525, right? No, man, 495. Wow. You, yeah. you lucked out. Hell yeah. So uh, that, interestingly enough, I had a similar, similar experience with Dan. What, the day we signed the lease with him, it was, um, October of, uh, 2009. October 31st, right? October 31st, 2009. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It was the that, same day. Yeah. As it's really interesting how it all happened. Like in the same order, same yeah. date, same everything. A lot of similarities. And, um, the day we were signing the lease, I ended up signing it. I paid him the deposit and everything. And then I'm like, I turned to him. I'm like, I'm like, Dan, um, where can I go to, how do I open a business? How do I file for a business <laughs> name? And he just looked at me like, are you guys crazy? Am I making a mistake leasing this out to you? He's like, what do you mean? You don't have a business. I'm like, no, we don't know how to start it. He's like, you're getting a business. You're getting an office without having a business. You a twelve month lease. Yeah, a twelve month <laughs> lease. That one. Yeah, and um, so we laughed a, a lot, and uh, he was just he he was really dumbfounded. Like, what are these guys doing? But uh, the, you know, the moral of the story is get an I, office where you can smoke hookah. That's yeah. that's the moral. <laughs> just that. jump, just jump the gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes. If you're trying to get something done and it's something new, you've never done it, dude, just like, just go for it. Just right. do it. It's better to make a mistake, better to look like a fool. Get it learn done from your and mistakes. you'll learn it. And, and, and he told me how to do it. And, you know, next day, or I think it was the same day we ended up uh, driving to Norwalk and, and filing a business and that was it. Um, the business sucked. Like, went to Steve, it, it, right? Went to Steve, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a successful business, but at the end of the year, Right or towards the end of the year. Well, it was a success. It was a success in, in terms of you know it, it got, got us you. involved exactly. in, in business and 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 to the point where I fell in love with the idea of running my own company. Exactly. It wasn't a company. It was just a playground where I can experiment with things and learn a, more about myself as an entrepreneur. Um and to and if, let's just fast forward to um you know to you. Yeah. So when you got it. Yeah, when we got the the office, we tried to do the billboard thing, and uh, I mean it was, it was pretty difficult. We had no money, and my cousin didn't even have a job. I don't know how he he was paying for his half of the rent, and <laughs> so the whole guys, thing was you guys were paying we were just paying. to be there and not making to come any up with money. an idea. And it, so one okay. day, well, we decided to do uh, marketing and lead generation for vending machine companies, and that picked up, and it picked up pretty sick. It was pretty know? immediate. Right, this, the moment the day, you guys did it. The day we posted an ad on Craigslist, that was our first ad. It was just a free ad on, not even an ad. It was a listing on Craigslist, a service. We got three calls that day, and I closed the deal the very next day. So, and it was a subscription business. They would pay us three hundred, what was it, three forty-five? So three hundred forty-five dollars a month for three to five leads. Okay, and whatever. I'll get into that at a later time. But you but, guys, you guys came up with some good deals. I mean, uh, good leads for. 
Oh yeah. Are, Look, know, I mean, we're able to close in that business. They, so the, our clients, the ones that succeeded were the ones that knew what the hell they were doing. Cause we would get a lot of customers, a lot of clients that would pay us monthly and they just didn't know how to, you know, use that lead that we, we mm-hmm. would give them. Cause we would do the sales. We would get their foot through the door. Okay. But at the end of the day, that's your machine. You got to work with the, the manager of that building or, or cause or these were all business. like majority of them were out of state. Yeah. Yeah, like you would work. basically call the, uh, um, let's say the the hotel or whatever um, location that you had found. Call up the manager, talk to them, tell them about you know like the introduction. Tell them give give them the the, the pitch basically on behalf of the vending machine owner, and then and then get the lead. You right? get the lead. It was and a hot lead. The guy was interested in having a vending machine, and then we would give the lead to the mm-hmm. vending machine company, the owner, and. It was his job to go and talk to the, the manager or the owner of the place and, you know, put his machine there. So my question, right? my, honestly, like seriously, here's my question. It, it sounds simple enough for me, right? Like if I was a vending machine owner, if I was in the vending business, um, I would I would call these locations myself and, and tell them that, you know, I have a deal for See, you. See, here's the thing. A lot of people can't do that. They don't know how to do it. Is it that they don't know or is it that they're lazy they don't Maybe want to do it or that's, time is okay. more valuable for them they want to outsource like what is it with in your our opinion? with our specific like target mm-hmm. our demographic right i don't think time was more valuable to them i think they were just lazy for the most part okay because they had no idea what the hell they were doing okay and a lot of times we would actually you know consult them and teach them other you know other things about how they should run their business mm-hmm. okay all they knew all they wanted to do is go buy a machine and put it somewhere and collect their, the mm-hmm. you know the money from that machine once a week. That's all they wanted to do. So they didn't they weren't interested in running a business because there are a lot of vending machine companies that make millions of dollars, a lot. So, and I work with some of them, okay. And you can imagine. I mean, we're talking about machines that make money from quarters and dollar bills, okay. So imagine how aggressive you have to be with that company to make millions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So there were companies that we worked with that were that successful, but for the most part, they're just, you know, what it's like. It's like, it's like that you know, random Joe Schmo that wants to be an entrepreneur. They want to be entrepreneurs. They're not willing to go through that. Uh, they, they they don't have that grit. They don't have that that will to go through the all the shit <laughs> that entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurship brings. Right, right. right. And, and it we, doesn't matter what industry you're in, what field no. you're in. It's um, it's the same, you know. The the struggle is the same. It's a it's a uphill battle until you can make it to the point where you're not putting in all the time and all the effort to running the business, and where you can focus on something else. And that's kind of what happened with uh, both of us here. Um, we got to a point where we realized the the, the industries that we were involved in were very uh, limit. They would limit us as far as um. um you know, mar- our marketing efforts were concerned. You know, we were very limited as to how we would go about marketing these companies uh, just simply because of the work that we were doing. And that is when um, our interest in marketing really developed, right? And that's when we be- we started to uh, dig in and, and learn more about um, what what's needed in modern-day marketing, Mm-hmm. Not necessarily running Google ads or Facebook ads, but real organic, 
organic uh, marketing. Yeah. And um, but yeah, that's uh. Well, I mean, we got to that after we did the whole debt trading thing. Okay, so a year into my business at Broadside, um, that was the business that I had with my cousin, Broadside Communications. And I mean, we had a lot of fun and everything, but then it wasn't fulfilling. I I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential, right? So about a year into it, you and I partner, uh, partnered up on debt trading. So the, I mean, that was... Uh, that was a part of the collection industry where you would buy debt from companies on you know pennies on the dollar, right? Uh, let's say there's oh, whatever. I'm not gonna get into specifics, but you would buy debt pennies on the mm-hmm. dollar, and you would sell it to uh, collection agencies right. or right. or uh, other debt traders for you know for profit, right? So there would be a little margin that you would or you'd keep it and collect or, it or and you, then sell the rest. Yeah. Or, so we did that later yeah. uh, later on in that whole venture so eventually we ended up buying the debt collecting whatever we could and then we would sell the rest right just cherry picking right and um i mean oh god damn don't don't get started yeah it's a headache of an industry guys if if any one of you out there has even thought about getting involved in debt collections don't uh, just boy you can't anymore i mean it doesn't make sense when we when we got into the industry we were literally at the end of that the, era that era of uh, just you know getting into collections mm-hmm. and actually making money we knew people and we, we made a lot of friends in that industry you remember a lot of yeah. them right and we still you know keep in touch with some of them till this day and one of the, uh, our main guys the you know one of our main friends in that industry the guy had what was it like 55 collectors 35 mm-hmm. collectors mm-hmm. something like that he had a big collection agency a big office of collectors they would just you know hammer the phones and they would collect on debt and after we left that industry, we got into tech when we got into Jura's case. And that there was a whole transition from collections to tech, by the way, which we'll get into at a later time. But that same dude was down to what? Three four, or four collectors? Four, yeah, I remember. Like the industry was going down. So many regulations came out uh, that prevented these companies from collecting on that debt. So we got out right uh, right in time. I we, mean, we sensed it. I mean, yeah. we, we, we caught some of these... Uh, um, there were there was a lot of fraud that was happening sp- specifically in in Payday Atlanta, loans. Georgia. Like Payday loans, of, dude. Yeah, and and these guys they they were killing it, but in a fraudulent way. Yeah, and so yeah. the FBI got involved. A lot of regulations came yeah, out. Yeah, a lot of them were ex cons, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, which was odd. And I remember feeling like you know I I really don't want to be part of this because eventually eyes are gonna be on me too, and I haven't done anything wrong. And but I can't. But you're associated my, with them. You, it, whether yeah. you like it or not, you know, you're you, buying debt from them, you're selling debt to them. Yeah. So you're associated. It's a, it's a whole criminal conspiracy. <laughs> you, you could eventually be, yeah. uh, pulled into the, to yeah. the mess. So we decided, you know what, we're just going to, um, sell off all of our portfolios, uh, sell the business. Well, not the business, but the portfolios, close the business and get on with our lives. And that was, a that was really the, the trigger, um, for us that 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 really catapulted us into the world of tech mm-hmm. you know we always wanted to get involved in tech even then you and i would talk about oh yeah you know let's make x amount of money be able to invest in such and such business yeah. get involved in such and such we and always said it that collections and debt trading was a stepping stone yeah you know we yeah. wanted to get into tech and we we knew no one in tech we had no friends 
that were in tech. We didn't, we didn't have a mentor. We, we did not know anything, anything about the world, right? All we knew was how to sell and how to market a product or a service. If you remember, that's all, literally all we knew. I mean, now it's different. Now we know a whole bunch of shit. I mean, <laughs> that's, for example, like uh, one of our companies now, Content Cradle, it's, uh, it's essentially a, a business that ranks uh, writes and ranks blogs for other companies. And that came, that skill was acquired through Juris Case, through our experiences with Juris Case. When we would uh, write our own blogs for Juris Case, we basically spent a whole time and you know, a, a, no, a whole year and a half, right? A long time mm-hmm. to learn how to rank those blogs on the first page, right? So it's it's really, um, it's it's a talent and there's a scientific approach to writing blogs. And um, yeah, we really did master that. Yeah, and, I mean, that, that's that time. Yeah. yeah. So now we acquired other skills because of those experiences. Uh, but man, first of all, I'm so glad that we got out of collections you know, just going back to that topic, you know, I hated that industry. I hated yeah. it. I, yeah. I mean, you couldn't apply modern day marketing, you know, tactics, right? There it was, was a dead industry. It was, it, it was so primitive, dude. Yeah. It was. It wasn't exciting, and you know, being young entrepreneurs and being involved in an industry where it's just filled with um, people over fifty or sixty and running companies that are like 20 30 years old um we i i personally never felt like i fit in into the industry whereas now being in the world of tech i really do feel like i fit in now granted there are a lot of tech entrepreneurs out there that are much younger than me you know starting from 18 19 and then they're they're killing it but um you know the, the world of tech is it's a young man's game <laughs> it is a young man's game but i um it's all it could also be it's it's the no, game it, does, for, it doesn't have it, a it's it's for it's for all people that have a creative idea have the thick skin to be able to uh you know execute that idea yeah. and and you know enjoy the roller coaster ride because there's going to be a lot of ups and downs like yeah. i said earlier see for tech uh yeah a lot of uh a lot, a lot of great entrepreneurs are like 18 19 20 21 years old i mean it's one of the few industries that you can get into and make a killing Right and provide you know a, a great value to your customers to your user base at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you have an idea, you you know develop the app, or you partner up with people that know how to code, and you have the idea and you work together and create something. Right or software, it doesn't have to be an app necessarily. It can be a, a desktop application. Um, but it's one of those indus- industries that you can get in on uh, at a very young age. Right, yeah, as long as you. But have- then there is no limit. I mean, there right now there are what. 40 year olds and 50 year olds still in the game they know exactly what they're doing and first of all the industry keeps you young right you have to be up with the times it's not like collections i mean back then we would dress like we were 40 50 with the and, suit and the tie yeah, and the three dude, piece and, bro oh my god it's like you know what it's like it's like going back to high school you're 14 15 years old and you go to class in a three-piece suit you got to dress your age you know you can't yeah, yeah. like you're, you're just weird like yeah, <laughs> what are yeah. you doing you know i could pull up pictures one day and and yeah, that'll be funny. Share it with everybody. Like you look at me, and and I looked fifty. You know, like I had this long sideburns, and and it it, it was intentional. So that so was that what, like fit. ten years ago, more. Yeah, right. I don't, dude. Know, you look <laughs> you look like ten years younger now. I know. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's because you like what you're doing, but or 
love, I should say. It's, yeah, it's it. I I love tech. Anyway, um, so what I was gonna say is, right now, since a lot of younger um, entrepreneurs are entering the entering tech and software development, they're coming in with a specific skill, right? Um, most of them are um, developers. Not many of them are marketers at that age, but they come with a technical background. Um, well, most people in tech are non-technical founders. Well, I'm talking about the 18, 19 year olds that oh, okay, are making okay. it. Those they come w- equipped with uh, uh, technical skills, yeah, right, developing yeah. skills. And the reason that I think that they're able to really make it is because, first of all, they're coming in with a fresh idea. Uh, second of all, they are, you know, they're, they're living a worry-free life, right? I mean, they're not, they're not in their thirties to be worried about family and kids and their wife mm-hmm. and the, and the bills and all that stuff. You know, they're, they're still young. They have all that energy, all that time. And they're smart individuals. You know, they, they invest all that time and all that energy into creating something that they really believe in. And one thing I've noticed is that they actually, whatever it is that they do, and I've talked to a lot of them, you know, during uh, our consulting sessions, we've helped a lot of young kids around, you know, 20, 21, even 18, um, brilliant, brilliant minds. But certain things that they do lack in are things uh, involved with, uh, you know, marketing and, and preparing, like, for example, a, a go-to-market strategy. They don't yeah. know the first thing about that. So um, at that age, when they approach say an incubator or an accelerator with a great idea and a great set of skills to back that up and a good team that they've put together with all their you know close friends or ex-classmates or whatever um these incubators really uh, you know take them up take it to the next level you know they help them get the seed for uh, the, the seed round and then go on to the you know the, their first series funding and so on and so forth so um so what? So anyway, <laughs> I don't. I, I lost my tr- my my train of thought there. Anyway, these incubators they have tech yeah. wisdom, so that's their job to help these little guys grow up to be big guys. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so Tech Trillion, like I said, is a tech and business podcast. Uh, and I'm sure this so far this episode has what I mean. It's proven that we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of shit, and we have, but. In the future episodes, we're going to be talking about um, some really deep concepts when it comes to growing your tech company and as far as like marketing or management or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like our next episode is going to be about reach versus monetization. So when you do have a a software, let's say, and you want to go to market, what's more important, reach or monetization? You know, so we're going to be talking about that in the next episode, but... One last thing that I want to mention before we uh, close this up today. Um, we're not going to be talking about how-tos. Did I mention that? You mentioned it, but you could say it again. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to say it? I'll say it. I could say it too. Well, I started. Let me finish it. Well, so <laughs> let me let me just say something. So we're not going to be talking about how-tos. Is, is that what you were going to say? Yes. Okay. There <laughs> Thank you, you go. Thank you. Uh, so we're not going to be doing, a, you know, doing how-to videos. Yeah, I just said that. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, see, cause we, the, the, we had the other recording. I don't know if, 
I mentioned this in the other recording or this recording. It doesn't matter because we said it like four times just now. So this is not going to well, be no, a how I w- to Yeah, I mean, I wanted podcast. to explain. Yeah, I wanted to explain what I mean. Uh, we're not going to be talking about. Uh, we're not going to be doing tutorials on anything. So we're not going to be uh, teaching you how to set up your Facebook ad campaign or you know uh, set up your Google Analytics and. A whole lot all of that, other people that doing that right now that they can learn from and uh yeah yeah but know, what we will talk about are, are different things they're yeah definitely <laughs> gonna be different things so what we're after is insight okay insight on the you know most brilliant strategies on how to grow your your tech company and for example like i said reach versus monetization it's a very very important topic we're going to be discussing that in the next episode but we're also going to be talking about i don't know like account-based marketing, uh, the proper way to execute your, your MVP, right? Your MVP launch and how do you do that? Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Want right. to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Well, we hope to see you guys or we hope you guys listen to our next episode. We're very excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited too. All right. Well, see you next time, guys. Yeah.